What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to First Trade, your favorite show for all things beginner stock trading. If you guys don't know what First Trade is, literally we take you from the first episode where I made my first trade ever. Uh, and we just try and grow along the way, bring along experts, guests, people who know what they're talking about, because clearly I don't. Um, and, and we try to dumb things down as well. That's kind of my role on this show. Uh, we want to make sure that, you know, any sort of jargon that's used or anything like that, we kind of clarify just so this is very friendly to everyone who's participating without further. Oh, so this is just so, ah, what did I do there? Just so this is all very beginner friendly. Now, without further ado, folks, I do want to get into it. Um, as you may notice, if you are a follower of the show, we are missing someone today. Uh, my co-host Michael is out of town, unfortunately, so I won't get to make fun of him on the stream. But we do have instead our wonderful producer back at it again. Franny, what is going on? Hey, what's up, Rohan? Not much, not much. How are things over uh, in the north? Not bad. It's uh, a little hot and stuff like that, but other than that, pretty good. Yeah. Nice, nice, yeah. Um, been kind of a little crazy time in the market. Have you have you been trading at all? I know you've been testing some things out. Yeah, no, I've been trying to test out a couple new strategies that I've been learning, but honestly, I haven't really had too much time to trade lately. I really should prioritize that though. But overall, I've just heard that the market is has been pretty rough, so I I guess it's kind of a good thing that I've been staying away a bit. So. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I haven't been crazy active either, honestly. Um, but between crypto and stocks, I've just been kind of keeping an eye on things, trying to buy a little bit of that dip in terms of the crypto thing. Hopefully looks like yeah. it's not totally crashing down. It looks like it might have some life left in it, but folks, um, enough bloviating. Um, we, we do have a very special guest, uh, someone I'm excited for you guys to hear from. Uh, if you guys have tried trading at all, you know, it's not easy. You know, it, it obviously is, is no easy feat. Uh, and our guest is someone who has pushed through that. Uh, he, he's, you know, persisted and figured it out. He dropped out of college. Uh, he wanted to avoid the nine to five and it looks like he's doing a pretty decent job of it. You may recognize him from the stocks to trade YouTube channel. Folks, we have Bryce Tui. Bryce, what is going on? Hey everybody. Thanks for having me on guys. Hey, no worries. Thanks for coming Thanks on. Thanks for coming on. Excited yeah. to have you here. Excited to be here. That's for sure. Awesome, man. Hey, Bryce. Well, for the people who don't know, uh, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, like you said, I'm 
on the Stock Trade YouTube channel just about every day. Um, prior to this, though, you know, I actually I did the same thing with my good friend uh, Matt Monaco that you guys are doing right. Like when I was brand new to trading, I wanted to learn more, and I figured what better way to learn than to than to talk to you know some of the best traders out there. Um, and not only was it beneficial for me, but it was also beneficial for anyone who got to listen. Um, I had to be on the PDT podcast a few years back, um, and that was kind of what got me started, you know, talking to those and listening to those successful traders um, really helped me kind of define my edge. But go, going uh, even farther back, you know, I first started trading. Oh, when was the first crypto run? Was that 2017? Yeah. I mean, that was like the first mainstream one. That's actually when I first got into it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically right when I first started trading. But, you know, it was kind of just uh, I'm sure a lot of newer traders know this feeling where it's kind of an on and off again type relationship with the market, right? Where you want to you wanna be involved, but you don't really know what you're doing, but you think you start to know what you're doing. And then all of a sudden you take a big loss. You're like, nope, I did not know a single thing. <laughs> or take some time away. Um, it's kind of on and off again, not really putting a lot of work in. Just I uh, thought if you bought the stock that was up the most on the day, it was going to somehow work. And I'd get caught in some major short squeeze and it would go to 100 and I'd be uh, set to go. But, you know, as I kind of realized it wasn't that easy, uh, put, started putting in basically the longer I got into my journey, the more work I was putting in every day, uh, the more I realized how hard it was to really make something out of this. Um, and, you know, I got to a point where I was more or less uh, putting in there, there were days, you know, over uh, a little over a year ago, I was putting in, you know, 15, 16 hour days between actually trading, preparing, building a watch list, journaling every trade. And if I don't know if any of you guys that are watching this know me, I take a lot of trades throughout the day. So um, journaling all those was quite difficult. You know, I'd spend four hours journaling. Um, and, you know, that ended up getting to the spot where I guess that was actually after I dropped out of college. But when I kind of saw how crazy that COVID bubble was, um, I basically knew that it was going to come down to if I was still in school, I was not going to have enough time to really capitalize on that market. Um, and a lot of people kind of give me crap for this, but it was actually my last semester of college. I just knew that I could never see myself working uh, in a corporate job. And, you know, I figured it's more or less like a, what is it, a sunk cost? I think they call it up economics or I already put in all that time. I don't want to use the degree anyway. Why, why keep uh why keep going at it? And thankfully it worked for me. I basically caught an amazing bull market where I got to learn a lot of experience really quick. And now, you know, I'd say the market slowed down a little bit, but I'm basically testing a record month right now. Um, and yeah, that's kind of a really relatively short story of uh, my, my journey so far, a little overview. Awesome, man. No, I really appreciate you giving us that insight. And you mentioned it a little bit. Uh, there's one question we have to ask on first trade to every guest. And that, that of course, is the first trade. Uh, so uh, I would love for you to, if you, if you remember it, um, you know, kind of walk us through that situation where, uh, you know, what was the ticker? What was the setup? How did it end up going, you know, playing out? I would love to, to hear a little bit more about that. What I'm going to do really quick, I'm actually already on this. I'm going to go as far back as I possibly can. I use a trader view to journal my trades. Let's see what that first real trade was. It looks like my first real trade um, recorded is AGRX. I made 50, wow, I made 50 bucks on it. Um, <laughs> I, I actually don't remember that trade. Um, and that very well may not be the actual first trade I took, but I would, you know, I think one of the first trades I remember taking was HEMP. Uh, it was an OTC weed stock 
that was running back in the summer of 2018. I was, I remember I was at my co-op at the time, which is like an internship. And I, I don't know. I was like, all right, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to put some real money on the line here. And I was up like a hundred percent in an hour. And I was like, it's going higher. It's got to go higher. And then I sold it for a loss an hour and a half later. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think we all do that. I'm pretty sure everyone, I swear, especially when you start out, it's like you see hundred percent and you always think it's going to go higher. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what world hundred percent isn't enough in. If I could get a hundred percent on a trade today. Wow. Oh my, oh God, I wish that's like the one thing I kind of miss about being newer to trading is like having that, that really super optimistic mindset where like everything's going to work. Um, <laughs> like it's got to work. Right. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the first trade I remember taking. I'm sure I've taken a couple before that, that I can't quite remember, but that was the first one that rings a bell to me. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's really like, I feel like with beginners and, and not even beginners, it's just so easy to go into things, get excited and start bag holding. Um, but you know, what, what can you do? It's, it's kind of part of it, but hundred percent. I mean, I guess it's just part of the, the expectations that have changed through due to a crazy year like this, where, you know, with crypto and stocks and just everything making crazy runs that, um, suddenly a hundred percent isn't enough, which is, is kind of funny. Uh, so I guess, Going back into that, your trading style, you know, you've been doing this for a little bit, but it seems like you've put in the work. You mentioned journaling. Uh, you mentioned some of the, the tactics you use. Um, what what is what would you say your trading style is, and and how did you develop that? Um, so yeah, I'm a long bias trader. Uh, I'd say like over the course of my trading career so far, probably like ninety seven percent long bias. I've taken a couple of short trades. I think. Long term, I'm basically break even um, between on shorts, but I basically have two main uh, setups that I like to play: uh, bounce plays and breakouts. Right, um, and now those are, I guess, probably the most the way I look at the way I look at every trade I take is I'm trying to take advantage of some kind of market inefficiency. Um, when a bounce play, right, if it's extremely uh, not overextended to the downside, extremely beaten down. Um, at some point, you're going to have shorts covering, you're going to have dip buyers coming in. And the timing of that, you know, is what takes time to develop. And it is a little, I'd say it's a little bit more difficult to learn than a breakout. Um, obviously, whereas a breakout is that market inefficiency is you've got shorts that have to cover that are going to push that stock higher, you're going to have chasers buying. Um, and, you know, those are probably the two simplest long uh, strategies to kind of learn. And from there, those, like I said, those are kind of like bigger picture ones. And then from there, um, I start breaking it down into a daily pattern, intraday pattern, multi-day pattern, multi-day trend breaks. Um, so I'm basically buying the breakout these days of trends uh, on an intraday or multi-day timeframe where I will draw these trend lines, you know, that maybe it's a consolidation intraday, maybe it's a consolidation for multiple days uh, and it's holding a range. And as soon as it breaks out, I'm then not necessarily feeling like I'm chasing the stock. I'm not buying the breakout, you know, if it's like a little multi-day breakout or, um, even sometimes even bounce plays it's not the first day it bounces, you know, it'll kind of try to bounce, 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 but it's just consolidating for a few days. And then I, then it bounces, breaks out of that little, um, channel. I try to basically just get the, I'm not, you know, by no means I'm not a dip buyer when it comes to buying, uh, buying stocks, I'm never buying pullbacks. I'm always buying strength. So I needed to find a way to kind of buy the best possible price without buying too high without chasing. So in terms of, you know, my strat or, you know, my style these days, it's 
like I, like I said, it's breakouts or bounces, buying out of those trend breaks. And from, you know, one more thing I'll add on to that is I generally am a bit more scalpy than I am a long-term. Like I will hold trades for, you know, a few hours at a time if the market calls for it. Right now, I don't really think the market calls for it. There are a couple opportunities that um, for my style of trading that I can hold for, you know, an hour or two. But for the most part, I'm in and out of a trade within 30 to 40 minutes max. So sorry, that was a really long-winded answer. Of no, no, I, I appreciate the detail you went into there and it kind of... Um, tease me up to ask this next question. Uh, you you mentioned a, just a couple moments ago uh, that you uh, you enter a lot of trades typically throughout the day. Um, what does your trading day look like? You know, like are, are you these days? Are you still putting in those fifteen hour days, or you know, how does that look for you? Um, in terms of actually, you know, tr- uh, man, that's tough. Let's. It probably takes me about forty five minutes to build a watch list. Uh, I should be doing it the night before. Lately, I've been, I get up early. I get up at 5 a.m. every day. Well, you know, for me in Texas, that's 6 a.m. Eastern time. Um, but I'm up at 5 a.m. I go to the gym. And then basically when I'm done with that, I start building my watch list. Uh, I'm trading all day, you know, from market open to market close. Um, and for maybe another 30 or 45 minutes at the end of the day, I don't necessarily journal each trade in detail anymore. But I do, like I said, I use TraderView every day. So I'll upload those trades to there and just be checking the charts. Like, what did I do wrong on my worst loser? Was it a sizing issue? Was it, was I chasing? Um, I, I never, I haven't had the issue really ever where I've failed to cut a loss, you know, failed to respect risk, but you know, every now and then maybe there are times or sometimes it's just slippage. So, you know, these days, what's the market open for? Uh, is it eight hours? No. Uh, Seven and a half. Seven and a half hours, right? Nine thirty to four would be seven and a half, I think. Yeah, um, probably about eight and a half, nine hour days these days uh, in terms of trading. And like I mentioned, you know, I'm on the stocks trade YouTube a lot, so in terms of creating content too, that's probably another hour a day or so. Um, so you know, st- still long days for sure. Uh, I'm 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 ba- I'm constantly checking the market. Okay, awesome, awesome. Uh, sorry, Franny, do you have something to say there? Yeah. Um, so for you, you mentioned that you have a watch list that you build every day, I guess, like pre-market. What's your criteria for building that? Like, how do you, what, what are you looking out for the night before, I guess, or the even the day of, I guess? Yeah. So basically what I'm doing, and I uh, did a much better job at really, uh, you know, back when the market was crazy in January and February, I would every night, I had like five scanners that I would run at the end of the day. And I would have a massive Excel sheet of like 400 tickers that I would go through every single night. Um, and then into the next day, cause it's hard to go through that many tickers. Like, cause some of these plays were very, um, I'd say illiquid. They weren't necessarily the top runners of the day, but I'd be looking for that daily chart. Um, these days it's since so many plays are really, like I said, I personally feel as though there's like a lack of follow through in the market. So I'm not necessarily looking for all these, you know, potential trades. I'm looking for ones now that, have already proven themselves, have held a bounce, have held a breakout, have held a range near the breakout. Um, and so that normally just comes through finding the hottest stocks of the day, you know, maybe a day, two, three days ago, keeping them on radar if they're holding up, keeping price alerts, uh, you know, a lot of price alerts. And to build that watch list at the end of the day, I'll run my scanner for the, you know, the, the top performing small caps of the day um, and then just keep them on watch for the next day. And then I'll check pre-market action, that, which is why I like to build my watch list pre-market personally, because I, not to say I take a lot of pre-market action into account, but I definitely do if it's gapping up a little bit, especially, you know, this is something on a bounce play 
Um, I've found that the best bounces work when they gap up, you know, especially if it's super beaten down in that first day of the gap up, even if it's a slight one, very low volume. I don't care about the volume when I'm scanning pre-market because I'm looking at the daily structure. Um, and then I'll be watching for other, you know, level two activity, um, past volume, stuff like that. So long winded answer there is I'm basically just watching the hottest stocks from a day, two or three days ago and seeing how they're holding up. And then if the daily pattern is forming, that will be a watch for the day. So I'm using a lot of daily, uh, daily, daily patterns to kind of build my watch list. Gotcha. Okay. So I, something like, I guess throughout the day, obviously you're looking at quite a few stocks. Um, are you kind of at the point where, you know, you said you mentioned you're scalping. Sometimes you hold for a little bit. Um, are you at the point where you're entering multiple trades at a time or you're, you're in multiple trades at a time? Oh yeah. Uh, it's this morning I was in six trades at, at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty common for me. Okay, and, and so following up off of that, um, what what do you recommend to a beginner trader, or what advice do you have um, when managing multiple plays at the same time? If you're brand new, don't do it. It's it's I mean even still to this day, six was too many for me. Normally I try to keep it around three, four max. Um, you need to have enough. Sc- no, that that's that's. That's dependent on your strategy, I guess, though. You know, if you're swing trading, totally different story. Um, long, longer term, maybe like an all-day hold type of thing, different story. For me, when I'm scalping, though, like it's, I've got 16 or 17 charts up on my computer at all times. Um, and I've done a really good job at being able to just kind of monitor them, check the prices, know where my risk level is for each one. But it's a lot to handle. Like, I mean, I'm personally just drained today just because I've been looking at the screen all day. Today was a busy day for me. Um, yeah, if you're if you're brand new and you're not necessarily, if you don't, if, first of all, if you don't have a, like a really strong strategy with a defined edge, multiple trades at the same time probably is not the right idea. And even when you do, having you know having too many it really messes with your mind. Um, you might undercapitalize on one. You might totally miss one. It might blow past your risk if you don't have a hard stop. Focus on one uh, until you kind of have that strategy, that edge defined and developed. So I guess for you then, um, back when you first started, I know a lot of a lot of new traders listen to the show. It's like tailored to new traders. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a Swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. How would you say one would like find their edge or like what, what would you give? Like what is the biggest thing that I guess helped you when you first started to find the edge? Um, two things, definitely journaling. Like I said, that's why I spent so much time doing it. Um, because I was having an issue where it's so hard as like a brand new trader, right? Where you're like, you're trying to learn the patterns. You're trying to learn your trade thesis and one play looks great. And then it just dumps on you. And you're like, why did that happen? Like, and why is it consistently happening? And that's where journaling, I think is probably like one of the best things you can do and should always be done because you'll, you'll, I personally broke it down, right? Like how good did I think the quality of the setup was? How well did it work? How well did it work after I exited? Was my risk level correct? How well did I play it? What could I have done better? Um, 
what could I have done different? Like that kind of stuff. And I just broke down every trade so much. And not only did that make me look at the trade, but it also gave me more time to look at the chart. And as the, the more charts I looked at, the more patterns I saw, you know, the more um, developments I saw in like a technical structure. And then I realized that's kind of what got me to the point where I was like, I saw different entry spots, which for me is like the biggest component of my trading is having a really proper entry. Cause I'm at the spot where I'm taking like enough size now where five cents is going to, it's going to be, a, it's going to really affect my risk. Um, so that journaling is number one, number two. And you know, this is, this is really hard for, I think for a lot of new traders, like don't want to hear this. I certainly didn't, but size down like that is that that's, that was my turning point. I was at a spot in my trading um, where I was really struggling. I was probably risking like 50, 60, $70 a trade. And I would find myself maybe holding on to a loser for too long, um, cutting way too quickly. And then what I did was I said, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to size down or I'm risking $2 per trade. So if I lost on the trade, I was going to lose $2. The gains were meaningless. The losses were meaningless. I could take 10 losses in a row and lose $20. Like I, I, most people have, you know, most people that are trying to trade probably can take $20 worth of losses, especially if you're under the PDT where you can only take, you know, three day trades a week. Um, and sizing down that much. And I did do that with a cash account. So to be fair, I was able to take more than three trades because my size was so small that I could kind of use that cash. And for those of you who don't know how cash accounts work, you basically can, what I would do is if I had like a $5,000 account, you trade with, I'd trade with $2,500 on Monday. Um, so half the account. And then that money that I used on Monday would be available to use on Wednesday. Um, but since I was taking such small position sizes, $2,500 was like three trades, three or four trades for me. Um, and anyways, the whole point of that though, that sizing down like that, it really emphasized the value of process over profits where I wasn't focusing on making money. Uh, I wasn't getting greedy because like if I made money, it was meaningless. It was just, I traded it well. I did it for the purpose of having a good trade. And that really, um, that stuck with me. That worked with me so well. And I've talked to a lot of newer traders who have, uh, I've, I've said this size down, try like a $2 risk. And they're, you know, having some of their most consistent months. And what I think is a relatively tough market long biased. Mm -hmm. um, I, sorry, Rohan, do you mind if I ask something? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so with that though, I guess like, Cause what I'm doing the same thing right now. Like I'm literally just trading with one share and usually that will cost me like, you know, whatever amount. And most of the time I'm trading like $10, $10 and under stocks. But I guess I heard that like emotion is a big thing in trading. And like some people encourage using paper trading. Some people don't. So would you say that using, um, small size, like real cash, but it's just like, you know, $2 and stuff. Do you think that's still different from paper trading because it's it's still your money but you're not losing very much does it still feel like i guess maybe if you want to talk about that like what do you think is different from there yeah i definitely i think you have to uh and it's it's you know the emotional side of trading is going to be the hardest 100 percent. you know no doubt that is gonna be the hardest hurdle to get over um but i think with paper trading it's really difficult because you know it's not real like if you mess up let's let's say you're you know you're risking you know, 50 cents or a dollar or $2 or even, you know, five or $10. If you let that loser get too big, that could turn into a five, 10, $20 loss. And all of a sudden you're oversized and it's like, okay, well wait, now I actually just lost $20. I just lost like 
some real money. I, I, and this is, uh, see, this is where a lot of probably more, uh, you know, experienced traders are going to say like, don't do this. But at first, while you're detaching the money from the trade, if you oversize on a loss, you're like, what could that $20 have gotten me? Like, what could that $5 have gotten me? Kind of think about what that money means to you. Um, and say like, well, if I lost this 10 more times, am I going to, is it going to be okay? Or is like, is that going to be a big hit in my trading account? Because, you know, a lot of newer traders, when they're just getting into the market, I've noticed you have relatively small accounts, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollar accounts, maybe a $2,000 account. But if you take a hundred dollars in losses on a thousand dollar, even a $20, uh, uh, $2,000 account, you know, that's a, anywhere from a five to 10% pullback in your account. So it's really, you have to find what works for you. Find some way in the very beginning to attach yourself to that loss. Um, but know that you're using small size. And if you stick to it, those losses really don't mean anything. That's going to be the hardest hurdle though. There's really no easy way to get around it because in my opinion, experience is the best teacher. Those really bad slip ups that you make are the best teacher all the time. Mm -hmm. Nice. No, I, I, I really enjoyed, uh, that perspective, I, I guess, because I, it's funny, I was, there was, you answered like two or three questions I was going to ask. I was just kind of, I was enjoying, it. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> He's going right for it. Cause I was, I was going to ask about, you know, your, your risk, uh, you know, how you size your risk. And, and um, you kind of mentioned, you know, with the PDT rule and how you kind of chose to avoid it. Um, I guess, uh, when should you start? You know, you mentioned you started small. Um, you're taking these like two dollar losses, um, which I, I think is a great strategy. I think you know we've had a couple guests come on and mention that that's how they consistently grew their profit and they you know got to a point where they were a little bit more comfortable taking that bigger um, trade. When when do you recommend recommend to a beginner to or not a beginner but someone who's done this um, to start sizing that up and. and yeah, that's, you know, and that's a tough question too. And it was even tough for me at the time. Like when was the right time to size up? Um, basically what I did was this, cause you know, like I said, $2 is relatively a $2 risk for me was, you know, I still, I was working on the side. I had a lot of freelance work coming in. So like it, it wasn't a money thing, but basically when I got to the point where I thought, okay, I have enough of an edge to where I think I can handle and it's tough because normally I would not say like, yeah, increase your risk a hundred percent. Like, but when it's that small, okay, four or $5 risk, you know, can I handle this? Um, get to the spot. You, you have to find that threshold. Um, so maybe if you are trading a $2 risk, bump it up to five after you feel as though um, you're trading consistently, you know, more of those days are green than they are red and your red days are small. That's another big thing. It doesn't matter how many green days you have. If one red day wipes out 10 green days, um, but when you're in that spot where maybe for three weeks, your, your P and is looking like this is consistent. Um, maybe try sizing up a little bit. And if you're, you know, if, if you're at $20 risk, let's say you're all the way up there. Um, maybe don't go to 40, maybe go to 25 or 30, just gradually build it. Um, and then what I did basically is the market. I also let the market conditions determine that the, as the market got hard, hotter, I used a bigger size. Um, and I ended up as the market, you know, the market got pretty hot. I think it was August of 2020. And I think I made my way up to like a 50 or $60 risk. Um, no, you know, I actually made it up to a hundred at that point, but then um, September, October, it slowed down a little bit. Uh, and after midway through September, I said, I need to size back down. The market is not calling for bigger size right now. I'm taking too many losses. I'm starting to get emotional. 
So I cut it in half again because I had made a pretty big jump um, to $100. Cut it back in half and that helped me through a slower October until November heated up where I brought it back to $100. So it's kind of just finding that mental threshold for you because no matter how much you try to get emotions out of trading, they're always going to be there. It's less about learning. Everyone says like, learn to keep emotions away. No, it's like learn to control your emotions. Um, Learn to understand that you're going to have mental battles, but you need to figure out how to work through them. And to me, in terms of sizing up, it's finding that threshold, making yourself uncomfortable, and then just kind of like letting that uncomfortableness become comfortable. Okay, awesome. And, and, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier uh, you know, your opinion on the current market and how it's kind of a, a tough market right now. Uh, and, and relating to what you just said, you know, are, have you been pulling that, that risk down? Um, uh, also would love to know like what your current risk level is, is at, um, now that you've gained some more experience and as a third little follow-up to that, uh, how do you, you know, recommend a trader go about, um, you know, navigating a tough market. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's see, what was the first one to that? Um, what, like my thoughts on this market, was that the first one? Yeah. Well, have you scaled back your risk? Um, um, no, I've actually increased my risk, um, which is weird. I never, I, so in the, actually that's, that's kind of a lie. Um, in the very begin, no, no, in the beginning, at the end of June, I decided, okay, I'm going to size down. That's when I, uh, I saw it kind of, I definitely felt the market shift. June was slow too. Um, but there, there were some good opportunities in June towards the end of the month and right, you know, I think it was the last week of June was when I was like, okay, now it's kind of, it's feeling different. So I dropped my risk down. I think at the time I was risking about $500 a trade, um, in June, uh, mid midway through June and built my way up to like maybe a six or $700 risk as it got hotter. Um, the second and third week. And then that fourth week, Felt to get choppier, so I brought it back down to like $400. Um, and then all of a sudden, there were just some amazing opportunities, very beginning of July. And um, I basically basically taken my risk back from that $500 area. And I want to say right now, I'm uh, right around $1,000, risking around $1,000 a trade right now. Um, the, the issue is though, right, that I, I personally think this is a tough market in terms of follow through. Um, not necessarily, there aren't, there's plenty of opportunity there's a lot of pop and drop stocks. So I will be using big size. It, it needs to be a key area. It needs to be a very critical area for me to enter. Um, and you know, now I'm, I'm at the spot where yesterday I actually had my biggest loss of all time on one ticker yesterday. Um, and it didn't hurt me because I liked the setup a lot. I was getting it at the right spots. The trade just didn't work. Um, but with that being said, it was one of those things I'm comfortable with. I was like, okay, you know, that size I feel like was okay. And yeah, in terms of navigating that tougher market, if you're not, if you, if you don't have that, that edge, your edge is going to change as the market changes. And if you see your edge starting to diminish, that's when you size down. Um, uh, what was it? What did it say? I, oh no, a couple, uh, a couple days ago, actually, or a week ago, sorry. I took uh, my biggest red day ever too. It was about $7,000. And on Monday I said, okay, I'm going to just use really small size and just make sure I didn't want to do that again. I wanted to make sure it was kind of more so the market than it was me. I wasn't trading emotionally. So I really cut my risk way down and really just focused on the process. Um, I basically dropped my risk down to like $300 for the day. I just kind of, I take trades day by day. I take the whole market day by day. I reevaluate it basically every day. But Monday, I just wanted to make sure 
it was more so the market than it was me. And as I confirmed that, I brought it back to a normal, uh, normal risk level. That's kind of how I'm navigating this is when I notice a really big shift, I will drastically drop it down to protect myself because these choppier markets are more about protection than it is gains. Um, but eventually those, that protection will kind of turn to gains. And if you're brand new, really, or not even brand new, if you're newer, starting to find that consistency, but this is a hard market for you, drop that risk way down. It's not about money in a slower market. It's about protection. Um, protection is a gain right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, okay, so... Oh, oh man! <laughs> totally just lost my train of thought there. I I, I wanted to say something. You're all good. Uh, you, you were mentioning uh, shoot, just you're so you okay? Got it. Regain my thought. We got nice. it. <laughs> beauty, beauty of pre-recorded. Yes. Um, okay, so I I kind of really like that perspective of you know you took a big loss right, um, and I feel like any anyone who's trading. When they take a loss like that, uh, even with the experience, it's naturally going to cause a spike in emotions. Um, and, and I know even in my minimal experience trading that when I experience losses like that, it kind of basically causes me to make not the best decisions, right? You know, either, uh, I don't know, I might go and double down or I might completely walk away. Um, second option might be a bit safer. But um, if you're trying to grow as a trader, I, I do really enjoy the perspective of, you know, keep going, keep trying, just pull the wrist down. You know, you're still making those trades. You're still getting that practice in. And can I add one thing to that too? And this is something I went through a lot back in, uh, it was actually October. It was October. Kind of when I was starting to re regain that is I knew that based on my stats, I did not trade the afternoon as well. I, I was really bad at them. Um, basically after 11 AM, that was, that was it for me. I needed to walk away, but I saw that there were opportunities midday and in the afternoon. I just didn't know how to play them. So I, what I would do is after like a week of um, being up a good chunk of change in the morning and giving half of it back by midday. So okay, I'm going to be done doing that. So, you know, I'd trade the first hour and a half with real money. And then I would sit there in the afternoon and paper trade um, because I wanted to gain that experience. I wanted to see the markets, but I didn't want to lose money. And that has actually led to me now, I think, you know, this is this, you know, generally a lot of traders don't trade that midday time frame, um, especially in a slower market. But this month, I think about a third of my gains come from 12 p.m. Eastern, no, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. No, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern time. So very much midday. I actually don't trade power hour well, uh, well right now. It's basically the morning and then like 12 to 2. Those are my two most profitable times is because I kind of just stuck that out paper trading um, saw how these midday, how, saw the opportunity in the midday choppiness and kind of found out how to play them. So that's another option too, right? Like trade, trade when you know you're good, um, like a, a more volatile time and paper trade the rest. If you've got that time to be sitting in front of the screens all day. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's no, it's, uh, I guess it's, it's never too late to go back to school. Right. So I, right. I kind of I appreciate that. Um, well, Bryce, uh, thank you so much for coming on and providing, uh, some honestly like really great knowledge and, and advice um, to our audience and myself and I'm sure Franny as well. Uh, we are unfortunately running a little bit low on time, um, but uh, you know, if for the people who you know are out there and enjoying what you're talking about, want to know more about what's going on in your world, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, um, my Twitter is going to be like number one. I post charts there every day. Uh, that's Trader Bryce, uh, and I also have a YouTube Trader Bryce. I'm trying to do like two videos a week, just 
giving out some free knowledge. And then, like you said earlier too, I'm on the Stock Trade YouTube channel a lot. Um, so you can go over there and check that out too. But my personal is Trader Bryce on Twitter and YouTube are going to be the best spot for uh, like free trading resources. Okay, awesome. And uh, to the audience, all that, all of those links will be in the description down below. So make sure you go down there, check it out. And uh, while you're there, make sure you drop a like for Bryce. He definitely brought the heat today. Um, uh, I know it's, it's hot over there in Texas, but you know he heated up some more. So <laughs> appreciate you coming on, Bryce. I had a great time. Uh, enjoyed the conversation and, and hope to speak again. Absolutely. Thank you both for having me on. It was a pleasure. All right. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.